and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial is Trent Condon, Ken Miller, back to local sports here on Des Moines Sports Station. Uh, Coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today, our final opportunity, kind of sad when this comes to these, uh, as we love college football so much and it does move the needle, but basketball season is upon us, we'll get into that coming up here in a moment, boy, the Hawks look good last night but Stephen M. Sipple's last appearance on the show will put a bow on the uh, Cornhuskers season as they finish what three and five they had a game canceled so three and five uh, was their final record we'll do that with Sip Bill Bender chimes on in here at 1045 Uh, we'll talk college football with Bill Bender he's a Heisman voter he can't tell us who he voted for uh, but we'll we'll go around college football with Bill Bender boy BYU was had their game last night. Yes, this Zach Wilson trend. He, is he the second quarterback in the draft? Is no. he better than Fields? No. There's some personnel guys out there that would make that that would debate that with you. Does he have the requisite arm strength? Yes, you think so? I do. He can move around. Yeah, not maybe not to the extent Fields can, but yes, mm-hmm. he's good. Yeah, <laughs> he's really good. If he's past that tier. I'm just trying to think selfishly for the Bears. Oh. The Bears are sitting there in the middle of the okay. first round. Yep. And you get past the fields, and of course at the top with Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. That next group. Trey Lance, I mean, let's be honest. I, we, I, we really don't know. We don't know. We don't know. We saw the stats last year, all the touchdowns, no picks. This when, year he had one game and didn't, and all eyes were on him. And I don't, I'm not saying that he gagged. Right. Uh, but it was the, the only game they played. Wilson, I I remember watching Kyle Trask, Mac Jones, and out of that tier, yeah, I might like him the best out of that group. That would out of that group of what do we name four guys there. Oh, for the least, yeah. I think, yeah, I'm not willing to go to the level of Fields. I know Fields did not look very good mm-hmm. against Northwestern, but I'm still not there. This is a guy that. When he threw an incompletion in the first three weeks of the year, it was a shocker. Yeah, remember those numbers he yeah. was putting up? Crazy before they went on pause. So uh, we will talk to Bill Bender, get back to college football about 1045. We've still got a KXNO shirt that we've been holding for today. We're going to do that uh, to lead off the 11 o'clock hour. Those shirts are available at Boz Prints. They uh, all sizes. At least yesterday, everything was available, but they are flying off the shelves. Last-minute Christmas uh, ideas a holiday gift giving uh, for the sports fan in your life or for you. Uh, if you would, uh, they're, they're a great look. They really are. So we'll give away one of those. And then Tom Kakert on. We will get back to Iowa. We will do uh, the basketball game from last night. And a week from today, ready or not, Hawks are supposed to play. They're scheduled to play in Nashville, the Music City Bowl, against Missouri. And uh, I thought yesterday, Trent, we would get a little bit of clarity mm-hmm. uh, pursuant to the results of the tests of the players that were to come back yesterday. Um, is no news good news? I would think so. I'm taking it that way. As you mentioned, we're a week away, and as you get closer and closer, now we've seen cancellations right up until when it's going to happen. But I think if Iowa felt like they were at a point where they were in real trouble, you look at yesterday, South Carolina opts Mm -hmm. out, now UAB 
doesn't have a game. I know. And you want to give that ability to some other teams to be able to fill in. Army got a spot right yep. away. Now, UAB's got to keep practicing, I would think. There, I, I, don't yeah. you think there's going to be, I mean, sadly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that this is not going to be it. Right. It's, what, 18 to 20% of every week's games in college football this year have been taken off the board. So, it's going to be the same probably as it pertains to these bowl games. So, because of that, I, I think if you're Iowa... It would be a very bad look to have this happening. No, you're not going to play and not say anything until right. Monday or Tuesday next week yeah. before you do that. So I think you're right. I think that's a fair step to take. We didn't hear anything. We weren't going to get the full report as we normally do on Mondays. Maybe next Monday we will get that full report in terms of numbers. But since there wasn't any cancellation, they didn't shut things down anymore. And remember, they're not practicing until, what is it, Friday, Friday. or Saturday? No, Friday. Friday, Christmas Day. That they'll be able to get back on the on the field for that. So... Probably got the testing. All right, let's isolate the guys that we need to. And if we need to go to Nashville with 50 guys, we'll go to Nashville with 50 guys. They're flying in the day before. Indeed, they're flying in a week from yesterday. The game is a week from today. So not a lot of practice time, but Missouri's in the same boat. They're not Mm -hmm. going to practice, I don't think, until Sunday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, Anyways, it's after I was scheduled to get back on the field, which again is Christmas Day. So we'll see. We'll cross our fingers. We hope that it's happened. You said it yesterday, and I'm totally on board with this. Even if some of the the starters, if they are some of the COVID positives and they can't, Mm -hmm play and we and we air quote have to because i don't see it that way watch the backups that's good yes that's, I'm, I'm i'm interested in that maybe more interested that yes you want to see your the best of your team if you're a hawkeye fan but for us for what we do for getting through the off season and right. we're going to have some actual instead of just speculation that we rely a lot on in june sure <laughs> we're going to have real solid evidence that that Justin Britt, you know, who's an interior uh-huh. offensive yep. lineman. All of a sudden, he's out there, and boy, we got to see him for fifty snaps, mm-hmm. and it was really, or it was really bad. Whatever it turns out to be, he's got some work to do. Yes, yeah, so we're going to be able to have those kind of things. And in t- and in bowl season two thousand twenty, bowl season, I get the fact that it seems to that ESPN in a way has kind of not made the other bowls irrelevant, but they certainly what were they, what they once were. Mm-hmm. It used to be, I mean. 2020 Bull Trophy doesn't have the shine, I don't think, that some of the others would, yeah. right? So you come home with the music, or you don't come home with the music city. It's not that big of a deal uh, if we get to that point. So we'll see. It's a week from today, and we haven't heard anything. We're going to go with a positive outlook. No news is good news. But if there is news, uh, like you said, I would think that we would uh, get that here uh, today or tomorrow as they get back on the field uh, on Friday. Well... Uh, the Hawks were on the hardwood last night, Trent Condon, against a nemesis, against a team that has given them fits. Boy, not last night. Uh, I, here, here's the, here's my takeaway, uh, of this game. We know Garza's good. Is Joe Wieskamp a really different player this year? I'm talking aggressive, put the ball on the floor. He's kind of got to develop a, um, an I'm better than you attitude. Uh, that you can't stop me, this is what I'm going to do type of look. Last year, Trent, not timid, but maybe not the most aggressive. Mm-hmm. And look, everybody's different makeup, right? If 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 Joe Wieskamp had Connor McCaffrey's kind of personality, or if, Co- if Connor McCaffrey had Joe Wieskamp's basketball ability... Mm-hmm. You put those two together, you got something really good there. But watching Wieskamp, I'm seeing a different player, and that is huge news, positive news for Iowa. This is a conversation we had back at the beginning of the season here, two, three weeks ago. And it was my question if this team can be great. 
because they're going to be good. Mm-hmm. We, we, everybody, it doesn't take a basketball savant to understand this team was going to be good coming into the year. But that final step, going from good to great, it wasn't for me about Luca Garza or Bohannon or any of the other guys that we talked about. It was Wieskamp. He is the second best player yes, on this team. Without a doubt. In terms of yep, talent. I'm with you. An NBA talent. He might have the most. Mm-hmm. You can argue with mm-hmm. that. With Garzin, what he's going Garza's to be at the next Garza's level. going to get a chance, Trent. He is. Yeah. There's no question. But in order to make that final step, you needed the consistency from Wieskamp. And a year ago, when things got tough, he didn't get tough with him. Right. He wilted. Yes. He floated to the corner. To see him against a team like Purdue that is going to body you, uh-huh. they're going to make it difficult. And even if Purdue fans I saw on Twitter not happy about the follow discrepancy, come on. It's like when the Michigan State fans or the Wisconsin fans complain about it. It just drives me nuts. You watch your basketball team. You know the way your team plays. There's going to be nights you're going to get hit with a lot of whistles. But to do that... There weren't a lot of whistles in the game, period, yeah. for either side. To continue to put your head down, I mean, to continue fouls. to go there. Him, Toussaint did a lot too, but the most important component there is Joe Wieskamp. Yeah. He is so much more than just a good shooter from the outside. The size, the ability to get to the rim, and the way I was built, they need him to be that final team, to make that step and be a contender for a title, to be a team that can make a run and get into the second weekend and maybe more in the NCAA tournament. It's not Garza. It's Joe Mm -hmm. Wieskamp, and we're continuing to see that happen and play out at a big level, and he needs to be able to do it night in and night out, too. No, absolutely, Trent, and uh, I left this uh, this quote after the game last night to Christmas just another day. We've got a basketball game. That's how they're looking at it. Uh, Some other things. Boy, Tucson's fun to watch play. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're seeing some growth in there. Frederick's Frederick. He's a good player in his own right. Connor McCaffrey sure struggles to shoot the basketball, but boy, boy, does he see the floor well. He really does. He sees the play. Where the play is going, um, as well as anybody, before it's happening, he knows where it's about to get to, if you get my point. And that's the real strength of Connor McCaffrey on the floor. Bohannon's Bohannon. He's going to have one of those nights where he just goes off. He's going to have nights where he struggles to shoot the basketball. He's kind of in the middle. When those nights are starting to happen early, and you can see shots a little bit off with Bo. Well, did you hear Hummel's take on it, that, that he's just coming back from injury, and it's mm-hmm. the hip, and it's the legs, and they're not quite there yet? That was who I like, by the way. God, he's good. He is excellent. But if it's one of those games here, and you're taking on Rutgers. Got them a little over a week away. Mm -hmm. By the way, Rutgers, Ohio State, the middle of the afternoon today. (laughs) Uh, A Michigan State, a Wisconsin, and Illinois. And you see early, J-Bo doesn't have it. It's one of those games. From what we've seen in the growth of Joe Tucson, uh-huh. I, I know where is, you're going. is that hook a little quicker? Yeah. I'm I'm not in the camp of you need to change the starting. No, lineup. I'm with you because and there was a lot of that there chatter was. after the loss, the the loss, and it was right. it's been the loss. But no, you got to change things up. No, no. you don't. No, you don't. I, I'm not there. But that hook being a little bit quicker because Tucson, you're you're seeing that maturation. It, it's. The first time we saw him, boy, he's fast. He can play a little defense. He was, yeah. And he's also going to turn it over four times uh-huh. in 12 minutes of play. Well, he had a couple of turnovers against and Gonzaga. Yes. In like a minute, he had yep. two, two bad ones, and McCaffrey grabbed him off the floor. But then he'll also have that spurt where he gets yeah. a steal, and he makes a couple assists. Uh, the and, wow moments. And those are becoming more plentiful, and it, he's evening out a little bit more than what we saw. There, there's also going to be those games where you just look at it, and there were a few of those last year where Toussaint barely got off. He, he went up, played four minutes, and that was it. It'll just, right. this is not your night. Yeah. And I think you're still going to see a little sure. bit of that. So that's the great thing, though, about this team. If it's a night where Bohanna's not shooting it well and Toussaint's out of control and he just can't calm himself down, 
All right, Connor, you're on the point. And you can get away with that. Frederick, you can do that for a three, four-minute stretch. This team is built in a way where they can play so many different guys in so many different ways. The quick hook on Toussaint. My other note, is it time for Keegan Murray's minutes to continue to Trent, increase? I was. you took the words right out of my mouth. I wasn't going to say minutes increase, but I was going to say that this kid has been maybe his bigger revelation on this basketball team this year. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, pa- I mean, pa- Patrick McCaffrey. We kind of knew what we th- we saw him a little bit. Yep. Um, but Keegan Murray, Trent. I mean, he's draining threes. Are you? Wait, maybe only one last night. But he's not scared to shoot the basketball. He's not scared to. He's he. He's a smart basketball player. Yes. You can see, you can tell he grew up uh, in a basketball family. He sees the game very, very well. Trent, he's been to me um, maybe the biggest surprise on the. I didn't know what to expect. I, did, I had no idea. It looked like in high school he was a kid that was going to go to play at Mankato State, Minnesota yeah. State. Yeah. D2 basketball. Right. And he, him and his brother, Chris, apparently they did get a Western Illinois offer. But I think I told you the story. I don't remember if I t- told it on air. I had a, a basketball college evaluator tell me at the time when they saw them in high school and heard that they got a Western Illinois offer, not a very good Summit League team, mm-hmm. that he wasn't sure he, they'd be able to play wow. for a bad Summit League team. That, that's where at least some talent evaluators were on them in high school. But they take that year of development, uh-huh. and they go to prep school, and now you're seeing it. And you, the basketball IQ, we've watched a lot of hoops at Anybody that's watched basketball, there's just those guys. Yeah, Connor McCaffrey has it. Yes, they're they're always around the ball. They know angles. Yeah. For him, for Murray, it's about the rebounding, and you can see that. Yep. It's just there's certain guys. If you played hoops, you played with that guy. He's not. There's times that he's not very good, but you know, he gets every single rebound. Every long rebound seems to go to him. Whatever it is, every tip, every deflection, and that's what you're seeing with Keegan Murray. This kid, right now, I don't know what his average. He's probably averaging eight nine minutes a game. Yeah. Few of those minutes that are going to Patrick start to go maybe back his way, maybe because Patrick he's, he's forced in Fran's hand. I yeah. agree. What what is his role going forward? I think we're seeing what his role is. He's ten, twelve minutes. Yeah, you know the second wave off the bench, and maybe closer to ten and yeah. closer to fifteen now for Murray. Look, I still like. I love his attitude. He's mm-hmm. a McCaffrey. Yep, uh, he's got that little chip, uh, that little part of his game. I like that. I, look, he's going to have his. He's going to leave his impact before his career is over. But this is a deep team. It's a good team. They played defense last night. They did, which was great to see. And they wanted to play defense last night. It's mm-hmm. one thing to play defense, another thing to want to and to accomplish it. And they did this last night. Here's another thing that came out of this game last night that's starting to become apparent to me. How many games do you think Iowa has left? They've played eight in a, uh, in a season 19. like this. So with the tournament and everything, though. 19, 22. I use 20 just because it's, okay. it's, for math it's easier. Yeah. Luca Garza is going to leave the University of Iowa as the all-time leading scorer. He's going to pass Roy Marble. He's going to pass Roy Marble. If he averages 20, uh-huh. and last year he averaged 23, mm-hmm. he's going to pass him. That's awesome. Think about that. Yeah. He moved into third place last night. Now he's got to get past Aaron White, and he will within a couple of, well, probably a month, by the time the calendar turns to, oh, midway through January. And then he's got, Marble's got, well, here, I got it in front of me. Let me find it real quick. Um... Let's say there's 20 games left. Marble, mm-hmm. 2,116 points. Aaron White, 1859. Luca Garza now about 1,790. Okay. So if he averages 20 points, that's another 400 points before mm-hmm. his career is over. That's that's 2,200 when it's all said and done. Going to fly by that He's one. He's going to fly by Roy Marble. Did you see that coming? 
His freshman year? Of course not. <laughs> no. There were times when we thought Nunji was the better player. There were. Absolutely times. We debated that. Um, you know, a couple of times throughout that season. Who would you rather have? Who's well, going to have the better career? That's just it. Look, Nunji's a nice player. Garza, I watched him on the free throw line last night, and you can see the development, the physical development. That's what leads me to believe this kid's going to have an NBA career because there's still some bulk uh, that he can put on that frame. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to play in the NBA. He can, he can step back and knock down that three, as we've seen time after time after time. Uh, you know, th- this time last year was uh, Europe at best. Yeah, he's just not going to get. To, yeah, he's going. He's not going to play in. He's not going to play in the states. If he wants to make some money, he's going to have to go overseas. I don't see it. I don't. I think this year. I think this has completely changed the way he's developed physically. Um, he's got a chance. He's a star offensively. Yeah, the foot speed is never going to be great. Nope. Never even going to be good. Yep. But the way he plays offense and his ability to shoot it from the outside. And just the way that that flick of the wrist, just how pretty that thing is yeah. coming off for a big man, absolutely right. love it. The uh, the pick and roll they went late as he faded back and didn't roll. Instead, he floated back to the three point line and the pass from Bohan. Just a thing of beauty there. Mm-hmm. Boy, him and Bohan got some chemistry, don't they? They do. Yeah, they played a yeah. lot of basketball yeah. together. What uh, other note here? Me and uh, my text chain group of buddies, we have some fun with the plus minus. Because for whatever reason, one of my friends thinks it's the stupidest stat ever. And there, you can see that. So the best plus minus on the floor for Iowa last night was C.J. Frederick. He was plus 25. Iowa was, had 25 more points when he was on the floor than Purdue. Guess who had the worst plus minus last night? I would have no. It's got to be a starter. Um, I, I don't know. It's not. It's not a starter. Huh. It's Keegan Murray. In fact, he was in the, the limited time, yeah. and he scored seven points. He did, did he not? He did. He had seven points. And what did he play? Twelve minutes. Twelve so, minutes, and his plus minus was minus eight. The huh. only player on the whole Hawkeye team that played that had a negative huh. plus minus. Well, they had a couple of spurts where they weren't scoring, but look, isn't that weird though? Yeah, it is. It is. It, it's a stat that there needs to be a lot more context mm-hmm. to it. You can't just rely no, on it. I'm with you, and I can understand now why my buddy kind of hates that number. Because if you would say that, before, you watch that game and say, yeah, the worst in this metric <sighs> is Keegan Murray, you said, well, that's a stupid metric. I would not have thought that. All right, so so this, before the game last night, I want to say this because it's really worth it. Um, so Cindy, my wife, mm-hmm. uh, we jumped in the car at uh, right when the sun went down. Yeah. And we went to the we went to Beaverdale to see the lights that you've been telling. Birchie wrote about it in the yep. Des Moines Register. Uh, Ashley Avenue and... Willis Lane or some starts with the W. Ashby. Ashby, Ashby, Ashby Avenue. Lane. It's Ashby Lane, isn't it? I think it's Avenue. Okay. The other one's the lane. It starts with the W. But anyways, it's in Beaverdale. And we got there at, eh, I don't know, 530 or whatever. And, um, Trent, I'm so glad I did it. And uh, this this just kind of stuff does nothing for me, and it never has. Yes, <laughs> we. I think most people know that. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really really glad that a I read the piece, that uh-huh. b you encouraged me, and that when I told my wife that I'm you know um, maybe we'll do this, and, and she wasn't letting me back out of it for nothing. <laughs> um, it it was it was good. It kind of got me in the Christmas mood a little bit. And Trent, the neighborhood goes all out. Yes, it does. And it's not like you're. It's not like. Uh, you got to carve out an hour to see it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a circle thing, and everybody is in the whole neighborhood does it. And then you go back across the street. There's another street just, you know, to do the circle. And then across the street, I don't even, maybe it's Ash, or Ash, 
It's Ashby Avenue and Wallace Lane. Wallace Lane. Yep. And then across the street is it, whatever it is. But you can see the lights across the street. It goes on. And, and go across the street, too, because they go all out. It's really, really well done by, um, by a pretty cool neighborhood mm-hmm. uh, in Des Moines. And if you... You know, if you want to pile the kids in the car. Look, there's a lot of traffic. There was last night at 530. Mm-hmm. There was a huge long limo uh, that obviously some people had rented to go out and look at the Christmas lights. And I got to assume it's going to be a madhouse tonight and tomorrow <laughs> uh-huh. night specifically. But boy, oh boy, it's sure worth it. I'm glad I did. And thank you, Tommy Birch, for writing about it because I had no idea. I'd never heard of it before. And then you said you'd done it. And um, it was worth it. I'm glad I did. Yeah, we're uh, it's on our agenda for Christmas Eve. You're so. going tomorrow night? Yeah. Because uh, today was, is the day before the day before. Right. We were hoping that this nice weather would have continued. Yeah, does not, not look so like much. the case. Last year when we went, we went on actual Christmas Day or evening. And was it was it crowded then? It was. And it was super nice. We got out of the car, in fact, and it wasn't around Ashby. It was another uh, place that had a lot of lights up. I think it was maybe up in your neighborhood, up, up by Ankeny somewhere. And we got out of the car just walked around and uh-huh. walked the whole thing because it was that nice. We were hoping eh, maybe two years in a row. And not going to be the case. Got really close, Trent. But by the time seven uh, degrees, right? By the time the fanatics get off the air tonight, they might be driving home in a snowstorm. Yeah, very quickly. We come how in things fifty can... degrees for our shift, and the fanatics will get out of here and punch the clock before they leave, and uh, it'll be uh, it'll be ice cold. Anyways, glad I did. If um, little Christmas for spirit, to do. For indeed, you. it uh, it it uh, changed my outlook on the next because it's going to be really weird this year. I mean, for because he said the boys aren't coming. Nobody, Cindy and I. First time that we're going to spend Christmas alone, which is weird, kind of. Yeah, like, <laughs> right. Kind of like any other day? Kind of like any other day. Yeah, kind of like that. Anyways, um, 2020, then we're going to jump in the car and her father's in a, in a home. Mm-hmm. We're going to go stand outside his window like the rest of the country is, yeah. right? And just wave and hi. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Weird. It uh, is. Uh, Stephen M. Sipple, final appearance for Sip this year. Did you watch any Nebraska-Wisconsin yesterday? Uh, just a little bit. I watched uh, probably 15 minutes of it. Wisconsin was pulling away uh, in the basketball game. Nebraska gave them a run. The Big 12 tilt last night, Trent, I was wrong on Kansas when I saw him early in the year. Yeah, Kansas is Kansas. The Wilson kid has been a big Isn't difference. Isn't he something? Yeah. Jalen Wilson, uh, mm-hmm. redshirt freshman, I want to say. Boy, oh boy, six foot eight. Yeah, he's had it going. He's been a huge difference in that basketball team. And when Braun's shooting like that, what are you going to do? Yeah, I couldn't. Brown, I think he goes by. Yeah. But it's spelled Braun. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, he, he couldn't miss. What is he, six or seven, I think it was. And he is a guy that is easy to dislike. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. he's in the mold of the yeah. Jeff Boshi Kansas players. That... What's the kid from uh, from Wichita State that was balding, that uh, that, that kind of player? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, what was his name? Just a couple of years ago, right? Just a couple of years ago, yeah. Yeah. Um, what was his name? Oh, man. I can picture him. I felt bad for him. I mean, going in an opposing gym, like Greg Bruner, right? Right. He's losing his hair. You're still in college, and uh, uh, you got that look. Um, oh, my gosh. Anyways, it'll come to me. Not that big a deal. Uh, Stephen M. Sipple will put a bow on Nebraska's season as uh, they finish 3-5. and five. Uh, Then we'll talk to Bill Bender in this hour. we got a T-shirt to give away. We're going to do that early. Uh, in hour number two, Tom Cakert on the Hawks, Miller and Condon till noon, Des Moines Sports Station. It's on the tip of my tongue. 1460 <laughs> KXNO and 106.3. And the ad council. It's time for SIP. 
<laughs> Stephen M. Sipple from the Lincoln Journal Star talks with myself and Ken on Nebraska football. I mean, I have a radio show. We have callers. I pay attention to my Twitter notifications and all that. There's definitely some frustration. We talk Cornhuskers, and you never know what else is going to come up. Stand by With 30 years on the Nebraska beat, here's Stephen M. Sipple. As long as they're paying me to talk, I'm just going to keep doing it. All right, 10.30 on a Wednesday morning. I'm going to put that intro away for a year. Melancholy Wednesday here. Stephen M. Sipple, Lincoln Journal star. Oh, Sip, good to talk to you, my friend. Merry Christmas uh, from Trent and I. Um, I'm surprised that there is no game for Nebraska this week, Sip. Maybe we'll start there. I'll get into the, uh, the Rutgers thing. I watched it start to finish. I couldn't turn it off. I was I was into that game last Friday night um, from Piscataway. But are you surprised, Sip, that if – because following you on Twitter as I do and reading your stuff at the uh, Lincoln Journal Star as I do, I got the feeling you thought that the uh, Huskers would accept the bull, but should one come their way. How big of a surprise? I, I was pretty surprised, not shocked. I thought when I, you know, when I saw the sideline late in the game, I, you remember we were watching. Yeah, they were they were into it. Yeah, when Adrian got that first down on fourth and two, got an eleven yard run that the sideline was really erupted. And uh, but you know, then I then I came to understand or found out that a lot of players had already had booked flights home for mm-hmm. Sunday. Um, so that was obviously a red flag, um, and there, you know, they had a they had a vote and all that. I don't know exact. I had a pretty good idea what the final tally was, and the only thing I'd say, and I think you got to emphasize this in this discussion, there were a lot of players who wanted to play. I mean, they there was enough that didn't, though. And yeah, it's a, it's a, it's quite a topic around here. What I find it's very generational, like you know. People our age have a harder time understanding it than uh, you know than younger people. I feel, I feel like a, a lot of the discussion is cut across generational lines. I was talking to a Division One coach yesterday. He, was really, he said something really interesting. He's uh, he's a head coach in Division One. He, he wouldn't want me saying who it was, but they're going to a bowl. But they had eight to ten guys opt out. And what he says, he said, hey, Ziff, kids just don't want to play football as much as they used to. Mm. Yeah, I, and I get it. I, I've always, I've kind of gotten that sense, but it's always interesting to hear it from someone who's directly involved. It is. Yeah. And, yeah, kind of shocking in a way, but in a way it isn't. Zip, being on the beat, talking to the people that you talk to, the knowledge that you have, it's been a trying season. Just how difficult do you think this has been, though? And mental health is such an important component here for guys like the Nebraska guys. It's been a trying season. It's been a lot of frustration in there. Very positive. It feels like there's another step back that comes right behind it. Just these guys getting back in the mental frame and knowing you've got a big off season still in front of you and spring practice and the winter workouts and getting up at 5 a.m. to lift weights and the dead of cold in winter. That's still in front of you there. Just how tough has this been from everybody that you've talked to? Oh, it's a challenge for sure, uh, and, I, and I'm not. I mean, I'm not insensitive to that part of it. it. It's in Nebraska. Frost brought back the guys early, thinking that the Big Ten season would start on time. Mm-hmm. 
So they've been, you know, the team has been together since really April. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I've heard a lot of coaches say the guys have been together since June. In Nebraska, it's in other places, I'm sure, too. It's much longer than that. I guess, yeah, I'm, I'm, I understand that part. But, man, I've heard old-timers say, look, I mean, we used to, our practices <laughs> right. used to be a lot harder. Um, like this coach said, he, he said he told his team, you guys, we've only played seven games. I mean, you, that's, you know, we've played two-thirds of the amount of games we usually play. Why is everybody so tired? You know, I mean, I, I, it's a, obviously, it goes without saying, it's a draining year for everybody. But, but hey, I'm going to tell you something. There's that discussion, and I respect it, but I, I emphasize the other side. There were a lot of guys who wanted to play, and there are a lot of guys who want to play. And those are the sort of guys you – I think those are the more of the sort of guys you want in your program. Stephen M. Sippel from the Lincoln Journal-Star is our guest. Well, Sip, just a couple of things from, from the game itself. Um, by, by the way, Taylor Britt, is he the best player on the team? Every time I watch Nebraska, which is quite a bit, he's, <laughs> yeah, he, he's unbelievable. I, I, yeah, I always am amazed how closely you watch Nebraska, you guys. Yes, he's, he has really risen. Cam Taylor Britt. I mean, it, you wouldn't have. I going into the season, we didn't look at Cam Taylor Britt the way we look at him now. I mean, nobody really. I don't think anybody had totally envisioned this rise. Yeah. We wondered in this. We wondered in the media core, uh, at least the Lincoln Journal Star guys, if if he would find a position. He was sort of a tweener. You know, he played safety and corner last year. We didn't really know where he would fit. Well, he's purely a corner down. Yeah, he's become a very good player. No, indeed he has. So you know what else was apparent, Sip? And I go back to the Minnesota game for whatever reason. I think Frost thought himself uh, went with the, you know as, as few times as they ran the ball and getting away from the running game as they did. They emphasized it this past week against uh, against Rutgers. Maybe obviously there was a matchup there, but boy, oh boy, if that wasn't Mills' best game, uh, it had to be t- toward the top of it. Maybe he saved his best for last, but he you couldn't tackle him, Sip. Yeah, he looked good, and the offensive line really helped that. That his legs looked live. Cedric Mills, I thought what that was the thing. I thought right away he had more bounce, and some of that is the result of you know he hurt his knee early in the Penn State game. So, you know, he effectively missed three games, and, and, and you know he came back against Purdue, and his legs didn't look like they looked at Rutgers. So, you know, he had time off. He didn't have the wear and tear as much um, because he's you know he's just rehabbing and yeah his, he has a lot he had a lot of bounce but you got to give a lot of credit to the guys up front including mm-hmm. a a true freshman that started at left, left tackle. tackle yeah yeah in place of an opt out in place of an opt out Brendan Hymas so yeah that kid Turner Corcoran uh, is def- that's a name for you guys to remember he's a Highly tout, he was a highly touted recruit, <clears throat> and he had a, he looked pretty good against a decent defensive line. So you mentioned Hymas; he's off to the NFL, didn't play in that final game. We know Colin Miller; his career is over, retiring from the sport with that spinal injury. But there's a lot of seniors that have an opportunity, will have a decision to make, either trying to make a go of it in the NFL or coming back for another season. 
What do you know? What have you heard on that front? I think of a guy like Will Honus. You know, what is his mm. prospects yeah. at the yeah. next level? He's been a really nice player, and they got a lot of those senior defenders that could come back for another year. How many of them do you anticipate will be back, Zip? Yeah, Trent, they have seven seniors on defense. Mm-hmm. Critical. They're, they're critical guys. And Eric Chenander, the defensive coordinator, has said he'd welcome them all back. Mm-hmm. Of course he would. Right. They're good. Uh, to a man, each of them had a good season pretty much. So, I, as Trent, I don't know. I, it's interesting you mention Honus because he's one of the ones, you know, there's been some – sort of undercurrent buzz about perhaps coming back. I have heard that. Jojo Doman, mm-hmm. I know after the Iowa game, in fact, I had heard that, that there was a consideration of Jojo coming back. Um, I don't know. I, so there's seven guys. I wouldn't be surprised if a couple came back. I wouldn't want to venture to guess exactly who, but I don't know. There, I don't know. There's some guys like Deontay Williams who would be who would be great for Nebraska to have back that he's 24 years old. You know, some of those guys want to start making money. He has, he, has, he, has, he, has, he has a child. So there's that consideration. But, yeah, that, hey, all that stuff, the key date is January 17th. That's when they got it. They, that's when the NFL essentially mandates they have to decide by. Interesting. Culp Kickers, he's coming back apparently, and he had a really nice year, grad transfer, so he fits. Yeah. Uh, uh, Stephen M. Simple, Lincoln Journal Star. So, Sip, uh, of the teams that you saw, well, you know what? Let me do, let me do this differently. Let me let me scrap that one because uh, I, I want to get your take on what's going on in Illinois. Brett Bielema back in the Big Ten West, yeah. of course, Wisconsin yeah. coach played at Iowa, and here he goes back to the state he was born in, Illinois. I think it's good for the Big Ten West. Sip, I hope Fitzgerald stays at Northwestern. I'm glad Bielema is at Wisconsin, at Illinois. Rather, maybe that's not the consensus amongst the Hawkeye fans, but I think it's great that he's at Illinois your thoughts oh yeah i mean i think the big 10 west just got better yeah i'd frame it up that way i've always been a feeling a fan i like i think he's very sharp i watched his press conference the other day and i think it just seems like a great fit you know he's a guy from Prophetstown, illinois he he you know he emphasizes controlling the line of scrimmage and they'll run downhill and that's what love he did i just think Billima will coach it better. And I think he's more in tune with the college game than Lovey. Um, Billima's track record speaks for itself. Now, people are going to shift and say, shift the conversation to, wow, well, what happened at Arkansas? Right. Yeah, he had a couple bad seasons, but he had three good seasons at Arkansas. And I think that experience will really benefit him. I think it fuels it. So I believe that Illinois is catching him at a good time. When he was at Wisconsin, he was pretty young. And, and you know, <laughs> with youth, you know, there's you get distractions and all that. And I think I think there was some of that going on at Wisconsin, although he, he did a great job. Arkansas, I think that job will help him a lot with this job. Um, he learned a lot. I'm sure he learned a lot from what, what you know, coaching in that, the most difficult conference in a, in a really difficult division. Um and now he gets back a little bit more into his comfort zone, both in terms of the league and the you know his surroundings. And he's fifty years old now, and this is, uh, you know what, I, I think it's a, I just think it's a great, I think Whitman, 
I think it's a great hire. I know they looked hard at Lance Leipold. I know mm-hmm. that for a fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, you know, I, I, I think the world of the Buffalo coach. He used to be a he used to work here as an on-campus recruiting coordinator. I've known Lance for 25 years. He would have been a great hire, too. But I think they got the right guy. Well, uh, fingers crossed, and I, and I like your take on, uh, on on the experience that he gained at Arkansas. I believe it's going to help him as well. Sip, listen, uh, really enjoyed this uh, these uh, Thursdays, or Wednesdays, rather, when, uh, when we reconvene every week to talk about the Big Ten and about Nebraska. I love doing it and look forward to doing it next year with you, Stephen M., and uh, perhaps before Nebraska and Iowa meet on the hardwood, uh, we can uh, find some time, and in the spring we'll talk as well. But, Sip, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Thank you for doing this my friend i appreciate it oh well thank you very much God. merry christmas to you and yeah we'll talk soon okay i look forward to it thanks pal good All to right. talk to you bye-bye yeah. Stephen m simple lincoln journal star love the segment with zip he's a fun guy to he talk is. football with he really is i've known him for almost 30 years good dude mm-hmm. anyways we'll take a time out uh come back with bill bender from the sporting news more college football conversation we're going to give away a keg so no shirt to kick off our number i had a trivia question that i thought it's even it's too tough oh too tough it's too tough okay way too tough so you're um, coming up with something a little, a little easier, easier. Right. yeah but i like to give it to to people that here's the deal um a week from Friday, Kexano turns 20 years old. Yeah. So that's kind of the path that we've gone down with the first two, and we'll do that one more with this one uh, as well. But we'll do that just kick off the 11 o'clock hour. Tom Kekert on the Hawks. We'll get back to Iowa um, as we continue on here. It's Miller and Condon on 1460 Kexano. And- Spirits competition. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. Welcome back to Larry Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Moments away from Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Just uh, a little breaking news during the timeout here. Max Olson from The Athletic is reporting that Iowa State's defensive tackle to Charles Bankston is in the transfer portal. That came seemingly comes out of nowhere, doesn't it? Very important piece yes. taking over the role vacated by Ray Lima. In the middle of that defense, and played at a high, high level. The kick when he would get a sack. Uh-huh. What do you read into that? Anything? I don't know what that's a that's that's a Chris Williams. Lots of guys go into the portal. Not all of them transfer. True though, story, remember, including Davion Nixon. It's a good thing he stuck around. Yes, and all for himself and for the university. Bill Bender covers college football for the Sporting News. Bill, uh, Trent, and Ken, thanks for being patient. First of all, thanks for coming on. And compliments of the season. How are you, Bill Bender? I am doing well. Merry Christmas to both of you guys. Merry yeah, Christmas. I'm doing our whole American team right now, just finishing that up. And without giving anything away, there'll probably be a couple of Iowa and Iowa State guys on there. I had a feeling, right? <laughs> One of them on each side of the ball. Those are the easy ones, uh, no doubt about that. Well, uh, uh, bowl season is upon us. We'll get into the – well, you know, we might save those for next week, Bill, because we're going to impose on you one more time if you like it or not. But Heisman season is upon us. I know you're a voter, and I know you can't say uh, who you ultimately decided to put at the top of your list. Here's the, here's the question I have, though, Bill, for – I think Trevor Lawrence is the best player in college football, and I think that that's what the award is um, entrusted to do, is to award college football's best player with the Heisman Trophy. 
I, I get the Mac Jones love seemingly came out of nowhere and had some huge shoes to fill. Trask look has looked good. Uh, Alabama's got a couple of other guys, Smith and, uh, and Najee Harris. Um, but boy, oh boy, when I watch college football, Bill, Trevor Lawrence to me is the best player in college football. Yeah, it made it hard to vote uh, because Alabama had the trio. Kyle Trask had 4,000 yards in 11 games. Um, I think that without giving away my vote, I'll, I'll just say this. I think Mac Jones was the most efficient passer this year. His passer ratings ahead of Joe Burrow. I think Devontae Smith was the best skill position player in the game, mm-hmm. no yep. question. Yep. The way he uh, took over the game as a receiver. And Trevor Lawrence is kind of in that Peyton Manning era ah, area where good. we have to reward that career, but we understand that the Heisman is a year-to-year thing. It made it very difficult because I do – I'm with you. I mean, if I did – you said best player in college football, who is it? Mm-hmm. It's either Lawrence or Devontae Smith, in my opinion. It made it a tough choice. You know, that's just real quick, Trent. Let me jump in. The Peyton Manning, that's really good, Bill, because Woodson won it. But Peyton Manning was the best player in college football that year. Um, that's a really good comparison, Bill Bender. Uh, hats well, off to you for I, that I, one. Well, I disagree. I thought Woodson was the best player that year. but And they both went on NFL careers sure. that were unbelievable. Both Hall of Fame but, or one will be soon this year. What are we going to do? With Lawrence, when we ten years down the line, we 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 are in danger of saying, yeah. if they win it all, I would say he's the greatest college football quarterback ever. Yeah. Um, but he could also be the greatest college football quarterback ever that never was a Heisman finalist. Mm-hmm. That's amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Three Alabama players. We're talking about splitting the vote. Guys that are just involved in the playoff, the Heisman Trophy. In the grand scheme of things, I mean. Boy, it, for me, it's not the award it once was, and it just feels like pretty much got to be a quarterback for a really good team, or you have to be the best team in the country. There's no more of those stories. What was the back in the '80s? The Sports Illustrated put that out. The guy that was playing D3 football, Randy Moss of past eras, mm-hmm. Troy Chad, Davis, Chad Pennington, Troy Davis at Iowa State. Those guys aren't getting a sniff anymore. I think it's taken away part of the love that I've always had of college football. The little guy. Hey, I, I pretended to be Gordy Lockbaum in the backyard. <laughs> yeah, there you I go. Holy crap. I'm dead serious. Uh, I, I remember the clips of him. And I was like, that guy's awesome. Mm-hmm. Who's he? And I think I was eight years old or something. And remember there was a time when Tim Brown and Desmond Howard yes. both won Heisman trophies within a four-year stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, hasn't happened since. And maybe if Devontae wins it, and that's a possibility. It is. Maybe it opens it. It is a... The receiver position, in some ways, I think the numbers get inflated. But, man, between him and Jamar Chase the last couple of years, mm. you're seeing some just special talent at the position. You mentioned Randy Moss. He's the last one where I got in an argument with one of my coworkers. I'm not going to out which one. He tried to tell me Justin Jefferson was having a Randy Moss season. I was like, you, you don't mm-hmm. remember Randy Moss then. Mm-hmm. And Jefferson's a really nice player. You know, Moss kind of opened his mouth earlier this week. And you know what? I'm on his side. I think he's the best receiver to ever play the game. Jerry Rice was, uh, uh, he worked at his craft like none other, and Moss plays when he wants to play, and that was the knock against him. But boy, oh boy, this kid was gifted. I mean, just uncoverable. Didn't go across the middle, didn't have to. Is he? I know you're a college guy, but you're an NFL guy. Your team's the Packers. You write a lot about the NFL once college comes to an end. Where are you in that debate as to who is the best (laughs) receiver of all time, Bill Bender? If we're not talking about quarterbacks because they always get put up 
you know, like Brady and Montana are the two best quarterbacks to me. So let's just push them aside for a second. Um, E-L-W-A-Y. The three best NFL players in my lifetime, other than quarterbacks, yeah. would be Jerry Rice. He's, I just think he's the best. I mean, he had 1,000 yards when he was 40 years old. Right. Um, so I'd take him over Moss, but not by much. And then two defensive players, uh, Lawrence Taylor and uh, Reggie White. Uh, and they're two different players mm-hmm. and they're two very different personalities. But, you know, you just still you still hear yeah. stories to this day about how teams had to game plan around those two. Mm-hmm. Couldn't block Reggie White. He would just bully you over. He was the strongest SOB maybe that ever played the position. Whether you watched him as an Eagle, whether you watched him as a Packer, he was unblockable. Um, I'd put Elway in the conversation. I'm a Bronco fan. I get it. Um, anyways. Yeah. And that's fair. I mean, because he's got the arm talent of, and then you take it to the modern day. And you know, it, it, since we're on NFL a little bit, we might as well go ahead and say it. I, if the Super Bowl turns out to be Kansas City and Green Bay, that would be the best case scenario for the networks because you get Mahomes, who just Mahomes is ridiculous, guys. Yeah, yep. he's ridiculous. And then. uh no, y'all know I'm a Packers fan, mm-hmm. so it's biased. But... I want to see that Super Bowl. I want to see that game, Bill. Aaron's balling this year. Yeah. He's played out of his mind. He's got a good offense around him. Their defense is a concern. But, you know, how fun are the AFC playoffs going to be with some of these teams mm-hmm. coming up and some of these teams kind of trending down? Yeah, Bills are absolutely legit. Titans, Colts in the conversation. It's wild. It really is. It really is. Well, Bill, we'll talk to you again next week, and we'll preview the big bowl matchups. We'll get ready for the semifinals and get some deeper thoughts. Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson v. Ohio State. But before then, what bowl game has you excited? I'm sure you'll be watching them all. You'll have them on and and watching with various degrees of locked-inness, I guess, if that's even a word. It isn't. But uh, which one does it for you? Is it? Well, I, I think I know your answer, but go ahead. No, I mean, there's a couple out there. I watched some of BYU last night, and mm-hmm. I, like I told you before I come on, that I had to get some wrapping done, right. and uh, I'm still not done with that, and I hate wrapping, and I'm terrible at it. So I'll probably sit and watch some games today. Um, I, I'm curious about Indiana Ole Miss, honestly, mm-hmm. because I think Ole Miss is going to put some points up. Mm-hmm. Indiana has the other quarterback. Anytime a team, and, and it's why I'm curious about Texas a and North Carolina, too, Anytime a team takes the Twitter and starts crying about being left out, sometimes you can be lose focus on the team you're playing, and I think those two are going to be very interesting games outside of the two big ones. Hmm. Coastal Carolina Liberty Day after Christmas. That's where I thought my attention yeah. uh, as well. That's a good one too. Yeah. I, I don't want to disrespect the Chanticleers and and uh, Grayson McCall and what they have. There's going to be a lot of points in that one. And again, if you've got in-laws in town or family around, it's an excuse to maybe. So I have to work for 10 minutes. I'm joking. I'm joking. But uh, you know what I mean. I do know what you mean. Played that card many times, in fact. Hey, Bill, uh, last thing. Uh, watching Zach Wilson, there's some people that have elevated him again above Justin Fields, uh, that he's going to be the second quarterback drafted. You've seen Fields a million times. Uh, Zach Wilson, we watch him on TV for BYU. He's got a cannon. He really does. Um, is, is maybe Zach Wilson the second quarterback? Where would, What would you do, Bill Bender? pushed himself into that argument he that did. Trey Lance was supposed to be in. Yeah. So the combine, he could be the combine riser that Jordan Love was last year um, because the curiosity factor is out there now because he went out and played a great season. And uh, I could see it. I don't Now, could the Jets, let's say the Jets are at two, could they talk themselves into Zach Wilson mm-hmm. over fields? It's entirely possible. Um, 
But we'll see. I mean, I think this season did affirm what we already know, though. I, I think there is a giant gap yeah. between Trevor Lawrence and everybody else in terms of NFL potential. Mm-hmm. Well, Bill Bender, we appreciate what you do for us. We'll talk to you next week if your schedule allows. Merry Christmas to you. Get that wrapping done, Bill Bender. Appreciate uh-huh. you coming on. I'll get after it. Thanks so much, guys. Merry Christmas. Talk to you next week. Indeed you will. Thank you. Bill Bender uh, from the Sporting News. Good stuff there out of Bill. Who would you vote for? For Heisman? Yeah. Brees Hall. (laughs) Brees Hall. I don't like the award anymore. Yeah, he's he's lost some luster in your eyes. It is. Uh, We'll come back. Hour number two coming up. We're going to give one of our listeners an opportunity to win one of those KXNO t-shirts. Tom Caker is here in 25 minutes. Miller and Condon with an hour to go on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.